how much of the revenue comes from speaking engagements and clients and digital products and things like that. You did this live talk and that I saw, and there you explained everything that you do. Would you like to, to tell us a little bit who can book you? Uh, which problems do you solve? Where can we book you? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. So um, it's, I know everyone's like, what are y'all talking about with this Q1 thing? So I basically did a live stream session when I just broke down all of my revenue sources. So how much of the revenue comes from speaking engagements and clients and digital products and things like that. So that's on my Facebook page. But actually, um, I normally work with like small to medium sized businesses, primarily woman owned, but I do have some male clients. And essentially, I am the person that helps with your messaging and your launch strategies. So I have this expertise around how do we take this idea, we package it up with a bow, and then we get online and sell it organically. So I do focus on typically live stream marketing and email marketing to drive traffic to my clients' offers. And it's interesting because I'm actually in the midst of a pivot where I will still do that same thing, but I now only work with up and coming coaches and consultants who are struggling to gain visibility within our very saturated space of coaching and helping them stand out and create consistent revenue in their business. So my my website is thepowercollective.co. All of my freebies are at thepowercollective.co backslash resources. But I'm really excited about this because I've always felt compelled to help up and coming coaches. And I find that on my consultations, a lot of people want to be coaches, but they're afraid to say it. And they're like, well, I want to help people. So I'm thinking about maybe doing this digital product and maybe doing this book. And then maybe later, maybe work on people. I'm like, just say you want to be a coach. And they're like, okay. You know, there people are really antsy about it just because there's so many coaches. And I always found myself having that discussion around just because there are so many doesn't mean that you can't do well. And it doesn't mean that your voice isn't needed. So that's definitely a passion area for me. Beautiful. You want to make your sales more repeatable and reliable? Do you want to have less volatility and more growth in your revenue per month? At Strategy Sprints, we do only one thing, strategy and sprints. Strategy means having more revenue through a better offer. And sprints means having more energy in your team every week. Check out if your ROI is as high as it is for most service-based and online businesses and startups we work with which is over 100%. You can see it in just 15 minutes by going to strategiesprints.com slash sales and completing our online exercise to know what your ROI would be with our accelerator program. We are ready to sprint. Are you? And back to live streams. When you say live streams, do you have an experience that is better than others? For example, would you recommend doing YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn or, or to do them all at once? Is it technically even possible? Yeah, so if you, you, if you decide to uh, invest a little bit of budget, you can stream them all at one time. You can use either StreamYard or YouTube 
I'm sorry, not on YouTube, Restream. So Restream is what I personally use. And so you can actually multi-stream across all platforms. And Restream has a uh, messenger app that will show you all of your comments from every platform in one place. And it will show you where the person who left the comment is viewing. So it'll say, you know, at Ryan over on Periscope said this, or Sharon over on Facebook said this. And so Restream is a really good option if you want to be all over the place. For me, I actually don't stream on YouTube right now. I actually instead repurpose my live streams and upload them to YouTube as a native video. Just because I found for my particular channel that my native uploads do a little bit better than my live streams. I'm not sure if it's the time of day or whatever, but the nice thing about the software I use is that it automatically saves my live streams in a folder on my computer. So I don't have to do anything crazy to get it, but you can download your Facebook lives. So I re-upload those to um, YouTube and those do really well. In fact, plenty of people who I've had consultations with say, hey, I, I found you on YouTube and I watched a ton of your videos. I went over to your Facebook and now I'm really excited. And the reason why I still take the time to upload on YouTube is because YouTube is the world's second largest search engine and Google is the first, right? And so just like people go to Google and type in something, they also go to YouTube and type in what they're looking for. And so that also increases the likelihood that I get found organically by leveraging that platform to host my replays. Beautiful. What are your current um, favorite topics where you're researching and building valuable stuff for your community? Yeah, so right now, um, one major thing that I'm teaching, it actually has nothing to do with like business in particular, but it has everything to do with business is I'm teaching a lot about mindset right now. I'm finding that a lot of my audience, especially with what's happening with the pandemic, are really running up against a lot of limiting beliefs and mindset issues, and they're putting their goals on the back burner and their dreams on hold. And I find, I tell people, you know, I find that if I give you the exact roadmap to follow the exact blueprint we've done though we've given a lot of information right now it's like if you take this and you implement it but in the back of your mind you're like this isn't going to work for me i'm not going to see results i'm not going to hit my revenue goal that's exactly what's going to happen and it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy over and over and over again and so i've been knee deep in research on this like i've been researching like how life coaches uh you know teach their clients i've been researching mindset um nlp all all of those things to really understand how I can best serve my audience so that they don't stop right when they're in the midst of gaining traction. Beautiful. Because this time is not just stillness. This, this is the time to retool, to yes. improve the product, to improve distribution, to come back stronger. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right, right? And I feel like, you know, for some of us, it's like, yeah, this makes so much sense. This is so easy. Like, I don't understand why people aren't doing this, but for others, it's like, they're like paralyzed right now by fear, by doubt, just by so many different things. And so I, I just, I'm really passionate about helping people get moved to action. You know, one, one thing my friends have always said about me is that I take action. I'm, I execute, like I'll create a plan and then I don't delay. And that that's from earlier in my entrepreneurship years from missing out on opportunities because I took too long to make a decision that only needed to happen to me like two or three times before I said never again, I am never missing out on something else because I decided to take too long to say yes. So um, that's something that I'm looking at right now. And it's funny because, you know, most people say, well, yeah, I'm looking at, you know, Google ads, or I'm looking at this new conversion thing. Like those things still matter. Those things are good. But right now I'm really trying to get to the, the heart and the root of 
people's mindsets because literally I've seen people have amazing ideas, amazing products, but literally just blow it because they had something like doubt standing in a way. Beautiful. The first blocker is action and action creates the knowledge and data that you need to refine it. Yes. Beautiful. So what can people learn from you in the next days if they want to learn from you? Where should they go? Yeah, yes. absolutely. So my um, social media is actually just my first name across all platforms at Kashira on Instagram, Twitter, um, on YouTube and Facebook. It's my full name, Kashira Moffitt. Um, and I don't want to sound crazy, but literally, if you forget, just type it into Google. I come up pretty good because I've spent a lot of time on my SEO. So um, that's something else as a whole oh. other conversation. <laughs> we should do a next episode on that. Yeah. Yeah, search engine optimization is so important. So interestingly, for my own professional development, that's what I've been studying outside of mindset work. I've been studying um, SEO a lot. I've been taking HubSpot certifications. I just finished my Google Ads certifications and my analytics certifications. So I'm, I'm of course, working on those things too. But yeah, um, right. And actually, I'm getting ready to start a new live stream series all around like you know, some of the biggest problems I see coaches causing for themselves. <laughs> so that'll be coming up pretty soon. And, it, you know, depending upon when this comes out, those replays will be available. But, you know, I'm really trying to take, I'm, I'm really trying to take the approach of merging um, mindset, but then also mer merging it with business so that people completely understand that these two things go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. Beautiful. Basically, successful entrepreneurship means you fail more than others because you stand up again, you, you give your dust uh, <laughs> over, and then, and then you continue playing and, and researching, exploring, and building yeah. stuff. You made a good point. That's literally what made me do my Q1 case study because I need people, I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, you have to eliminate ego from this. Like you're making, you're making ego-based decisions because you feel like something isn't working and you have absolutely no data to support that. And you have no data for me to even diagnose what the real issue is, right? And so when we start to think about how are we actually tracking and measuring our efforts, it makes it easier for us to understand where there's a breakdown and then we fix the breakdown versus oh, my funnel is just not working. Nobody likes me. No one wants my offer. My audience doesn't buy. And then you just shut down, right? There, that's, just a, that's just a wrong approach. But so many people take that approach and it takes them so long to get out of that. And so that's why also, even though I'm a super creative and innovator, and we typically are not the data people, I force myself to do this. And I also show my audience, my clients, like this is what you should be doing. This is what I'm doing. This is why I measure everything down to you know website traffic click rates open rates you know all of that stuff so that you can see like this makes it easier to say the problem isn't me the problem is this email in the funnel it's just not converting correctly let me edit that let me fix it let me get a copywriter maybe right or hey this whole time the button on the website just wasn't working let me go and get someone to fix that right and so we we have to start to make data-driven decisions when it comes to how are we going to pivot our funnels or pivot our businesses. Beautiful. Talking about the, um, the fear of failure, of course, some now might listen to us and say, well, it's easy for you. You have a community. You know that somebody will show up. Mm -hmm. When I do my first one, of course, I'm afraid 
hey, what if nobody shows up? Mm-hmm. Um, do, do we have also something for these people? And um, just the, the initial ones, how do you do the first one? Is it something that we can do where failure becomes less of a, of a problem if, if just a couple of people show up or nobody shows up? Is, is, that even, is that even a problem? Yeah, I mean, I I want to reiterate that like we all start at zero. We all start with no audience and no followers, right? And so if you're already up and running, one simple thing you can do is again alert your audience that you're going live. Tell them what time, tell them to meet you, right? And that's one thing you could do. If you don't have an audience yet, if you have a friend or an accountability partner or a coach, someone that you can lean on and say, hey, can you just watch my live so I can feel like I'm talking to somebody? You can definitely do that. I would also tell you though, your first couple of live streams are going to be a little all over the place because you're trying to get used to it. So your first handful are not going to be perfect. You're probably gonna miss a point. You're probably gonna mess up on a word. So it's actually best to kind of like just test it on your own. Like, you know, if you get a couple of viewers, great. But if you don't get a mass viewing, be okay. Cause you don't want to see, want them to see you fumbling <laughs> anyway. So that's completely fine. But just know that one, we all started with no viewers. And two, the bulk of your viewers will actually come for the replay. Like there is a good prime time for most people to, to go live for their audiences, but your entire audience will never be available at once, right? Like if you do a webinar and you get 500 people register, only a hundred show up, right? So the rest, tend to watch the replay and that's how it works with live streaming as well so I actually don't get caught up on the live number at all because I know within the next 24 hours I'm going to have three to four hundred replay viewers anyway so I try not to measure my success by vanity metrics like live views anyway because even if I have five people watching my live if all five of them become clients that's a thirty thousand dollar launch I'm happy are you happy (laughs) right? So we have to shift how we're looking at it. Just because you don't have a hundred people watching does not mean you're not successful. It doesn't mean that you don't have good content. We have to eliminate these things that are seemingly meaningless, right? And then also thinking about how you plan to repurpose that, you're going to get so many more views and and listens and things like that anyway. So also one other thing I want to iterate too with live streaming is that it does not need to be perfect. You don't have to talk completely perfect and it's okay to stutter and stumble. It's okay to have notes. I've been streaming for years. I still have notes. I still have an outline because I get long-winded and I might forget and go on a tangent and then not even cover what I was supposed to talk about, right? So you can have notes. You can you can pause for a moment, right? You can take a breather. It's okay to do these things. That's part of why live stream is so successful because it's not this picture perfect show. Our audiences are not picture perfect people. They appreciate the authenticity around our live streams while we're still presenting really good content that commands authority. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Kashara. Is there anything I did forget to ask you? No, I think we had a really good conversation. (laughs) I think this was good. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge so generously with our audience. And especially, I am so thankful that you are really encouraging just to start to go out there to do some small steps and to go further from there. Because that's entrepreneurship, right? That's just go out there, try, find out, find more data, get better and better, 1% better every week. And we're doing it right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, one last super quick thing. When I started video, I was terrified of it, by the way. So people listening, I have not been the camera girl my whole life. I was terrified of video. I didn't like watching myself. I didn't like listening to myself. But I, re I realized in 2017 that it was important for me to start using it because the topics that I teach are let's be honest, sometimes they're boring to read. And I was cranking out these long blog posts and I just felt like people just weren't fully getting it. They were liking it. Were they really getting it? And so how I conquered my fear of video is I challenged myself to do 30 days of personal branding videos. This is back when I was doing personal brand coaching. And I did it by announcing a 30 day branding challenge. And I, this was before live streaming. So I was doing YouTube at the time. So I said, you know, I'm going to do a 30 day branding challenge every day. You're getting a free branding video from me at least five minutes long. And I was so ambitious. I said, you know what? I'm going to conquer this fear. Day one, we're doing a live webinar on Google Hangouts. And I had never used Google Hangouts. And I had the first 15 minutes of that webinar was me trying to figure out how to make it work. Okay. And luckily I had someone who was, my audience was so patient because they didn't know how to use it. So we were all in there trying to figure it out. I had a mentor at the time, literally talk me through how to screen share and how to make sure the sound works. And then we continue with webinar. Webinar was like 90 minutes long. The content was great. I made a lot of sales that night, surprisingly. Um, but like I'm telling this story. So you all don't think that I've just always, I'm just sitting here on a high horse, just telling you to do this stuff. I literally was terrified, heart beating out of my chest, failing in front of my audience. They bearing with me. They stuck with, stuck with me. I still have their recording um, to this day. And then every day after that, I posted that video. And I'll tell you, I don't think I really became comfortable with it until day 25. So I'm just being completely honest. That is how I conquered my fear of video and how I'm able to now just talk with ease whenever I get on a camera. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing this just one step after the other. That's how we start. That's how we improve. Thank you so much, Kashaira. Come back soon to the strategy show. Thank you. And everybody keep rolling. Do it and keep rolling. Bye-bye. We all know that working in sprints is better, but how do we know what we should work on? You're in luck because we have a 15-minute exercise that will give you complete clarity on where to take your project next. Go to strategysprints.com slash sales to complete our short exercise and meet one-on-one -on -one with an expert sprint coach to identify your number one bottleneck. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Strategy Show. Make sure to like this video below and subscribe so that you can stay up to date with every episode of The Strategy Show. Get daily CEO tips from CEOs for CEOs.